everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. And those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living? Are you killing time? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of 2022 took a few weeks off here to go through the holiday season. It was a very meaningful time for me. It usually is, uh, you know, aside from, of course, the Christmas holiday, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to dive into today that really paints a picture of inventing yourself and using some of the significant pieces of this season that we've just gone through here. You know, we're exiting the holiday season, and there are some people who just view this time to reinvent themselves. You know, other people feel it's a time of spiritual connection. Um, some see it as just a religious holiday and are indifferent about the whole thing. But this period of the year has a lot of significance that most of us are not aware of. And it's part of a cycle that can be very potent in our lives. You know, science and spirituality have been merging in scope and understanding over the past few decades. At one point, you know, the two schools of thought were very opposing Religion spelled out certain sciences of their own, you know, with a certainty that said if you didn't believe in what they were saying, you were going to go to hell or you were going to feel the, the wrath of God if you didn't believe in their concepts. If you were maybe scientific enough, if there is such a thing as that, but if you were scientific thinking, you were maybe not a believer in God, you know, maybe because everything could be explained through hypothesis and experiments and Eventually, those would result in causation, you know, the cause and effect theory, the law of the universe, and it would, I guess, gravitate people away from the idea of creation. But now that we realize that science that we observe now is so perfect, it's so complex, but yet so absolutely perfect that it has to have been done by a higher intelligence of some sort of, of kind. You know, otherwise it's like the equivalent of the, uh, like a tornado going through a junkyard, right? And accidentally building a perfectly functional 747 passenger plane. Um, that's called the uh, Hoyle's fallacy. And it, that explanation right there actually was one that changed my perspective from what I guess I would consider myself at one point to be an atheist. And, you know, over the last like seven or eight years of digging into a lot of scientific concepts and merging them with religious ones, it helped me sort of bring a whole new way of looking at life and the human being and everything. Um, Fred Hoyle was the one who actually coined that, um, that fallacy. He was an, an astrophysicist, and he stated that um, a biogenesis or the rise of of um, organic life coming from like inorganic compounds, like say minerals coming out of a volcanic 
thermal vent would eventually combine to make life accidentally complex life. Um, his his theory was that it was, you know, the, the fallacy that he said was that it would be the equivalent of that tornado going through the junkyard and building that perfectly built 747. Life is so complex that something higher had to have a hand in it all. And that whole concept gave rise to an effort to, I guess, not disprove science over spirituality or vice versa, you know, but rather use everything that we know to create a unified picture, you know, get rid of the opposing schools of thought and try and merge them together to paint a more complete picture rather than trying to prove one right over the other, you know, but the whole concept of breaking down those barriers and trying to not have like an, uh, you know, an exclusive theological point that it was more of an all in exclusive, inclusive um, point of view is something that's not completely new. It's something that's gaining more traction in modern times, but it's, it's something that has existed for quite a while. You know, science and spirituality have always merged in some way or another, just sometimes it was without our awareness of it. And it was only when human egos and power struggles got involved and, you know, the divide started to widen between religion and academics. And that's when the divide really started to get pretty big. And that brings me to the way that this holiday time, you know, the, the whole time at the end of the year, our end of our calendar year, that is, it's viewed by both science and spirituality and how the two schools of thought are not that far away from each other. You know, that some of these things, in fact, may have spawned from one another. They were complementary. Now, with the holiday season on top of us as I'm recording this, you know, the the new year always brings those new things, those new hopes, a new start, new dreams, new goals, milestones. You know, it means something different to everybody. And people make resolutions for the new year, which... I have to admit, I'm not a fan of, um, I've turned away from that in recent years. I've adopted a mindset of sort of disliking that. Uh, I don't like to wait for a page on a calendar to turn for me to start reaching for a new goal. You know, as soon as it starts, it, you know, it gets in that brain of mine, I'm, I'm on it and I'm moving on it. And, um, and I don't want to put any of you down. If this is something that you like to do, you like to make your resolutions. In my opinion, any motivator that gets you moving in positive life directions is hundred percent worth it. Um, I've just learned so much about the construct of time and how much we as humans have twisted the natural laws into constructs that we've designed. And, you know, celebrating a, a quote unquote new year and, you know, involving so much of our energy around it and, and redirecting it from the actual energetic times that science tells us are significant to us and the entire natural world around us has made me wonder about it all. It made me ponder a lot of it and look into it a lot over the last few years. And the whole thing that they are trying to get you to look in one direction, I guess, that's where I came to the conclusion of is that if it seems like they're trying to distract you from something, they're trying to get you to look away from a certain thing, try and look back at it and pay attention to it a little bit more. And I felt like sort of the holiday season was a lot of that, a lot of distraction, a lot of legends behind things, and a lot of convoluted truths that we think things are a certain way, especially us in the Western world in the United States. We think things are a certain way, 
But if we look into the history of this entire time frame of the end of the year and, and the cycles that nature goes through, we see how significant they might actually be and how significant they were to other cultures and how significant they are to some of the most successful people in the world. They observe this stuff and they've known this stuff for a very long time. Um, you know, so the time frame within the month of December has so many significant events and holidays, you know, some spanning back thousands of years. You know, among them all is, uh, you know, of course, Christmas, the birth of the Son of God. Um, just days before that is the winter solstice on December 21st, where for us in the Northern Hemisphere, we have the shortest day of the year. Um, Southern Hemisphere obviously has the longest day of the year on that day. And for us up here in the North, it the sun sets at its lowest point, its most Southern point on the horizon. Um, you know, and another significant event in December is the New Year, according to the Gregorian calendar that we use now. Now, many of us glaze past the solstice without much thought. It's there. It's, you know, the shortest day of the year. We see it on the calendar. No big deal. Um, and then Christmas, it's big for some folks for all the apparent reasons. And then, you know, we celebrate the new year on December 31st. But what if all of them all are in the same place in the same month and they're related to each other in some way? When you look back at history and when you understand it and you use it to slingshot your knowledge and your energy of creating new things and making those resolutions and letting go of the things that were there in the year prior, it gives this whole time frame, this whole piece of the year, a whole new meeting. You know, you celebrate everything that you had in the previous year and then you have your hopes for what's coming forward and those roots are probably more significant than you actually realize. We're going to dive into that one today. If you haven't tried some of Organifi's products, you are absolutely missing out on some of the highest quality supplements on the planet. I'm someone who doesn't allow anything into my body that I'm not 100% sure of its purity, and this company goes above and beyond to certify the quality of their products many times over. My day starts and ends with Organifi, and I've literally never felt more amazing. In the morning, I use the Organifi green juice in combination with the complete chocolate protein powder after my demanding tough morning workout. I mix it in with some vanilla almond milk, maybe some kale or some banana, and the energy that flows from that is something I've never felt before. And at the end of a long day, I settle down with some of the gold chocolate with a little almond milk and some coconut oil for a hot drink that helps my beat up body and mind recover and get the rest that it needs to keep up with my demanding schedule. I literally do not know what I would do without this company. Go check out their amazing product line at OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. And if you find something you want to check out, use the coupon code LiveThisLife to save 15% off of your purchase. So what we're going to talk about today involves this construct of time that we as humans have created. Let's let's first take a look at this calendar that we we use now. You know, a year on earth means nothing anywhere else. You know, our days and our months and our years are all cycles that we've just measured forever and we've quantified them during the evolution of our species. But if you could be on an airliner and you could fly at the speed of the rotation of the earth. The sun would stay in the same exact place in the sky. Think about that. You know, how would you know what day or time it was? You know, how would you know when Monday changed into Tuesday? How would you know if the sun stayed in the same position in the sky? If you had no clocks, no means of telling any sort of time, how would you know what day it was? 
it would just be a perpetual modem now like it really always is anyways. It's a very hard concept to unlearn, and I'm still wrapped up in the throes of it already, you know, but time is definitely a fallacy in and of itself. And when you understand that, some of the rest of what we will discuss makes a little bit more sense as you let the cultural conditioning fall away and think about the what-ifs in life. One of the most important things I talk about on this podcast all of the time is the what-ifs. They are what has powered innovation and growth in every single industry throughout the history of the human race. And I think it's one of the most important questions we can always ask. But now going back all the way to the Babylonians, they celebrated the new year on the spring equinox in March. And that's when there was equal amounts of sunlight and darkness. And that was marking the beginning of their planting season. You know, when Stonehenge in England was built marking, you know, certain celestial points, this is one of the big ones. Um, Saturnalia was a holiday in ancient Rome. They celebrated the, the god of agriculture in December. It was the time of gift giving and Thanksgiving. You know, they covered evergreens in decorations like candles and fruit. You know, that's where our tree decorating comes from. Um, you know, and I've been over all of these things lately as I get more into the study and history of religion and spiritual practices. You know, I founded the, um, the United Association of Omnism and a lot of these types of things goes into what we discuss in that. And as time went on with with all of this from what we were looking at, you know, the, the calendar was refined since the time of the Christ, um, time of Christ and the church. You know, the Julian calendar was created by Julius Caesar back in his time, uh, you know, another Roman politician. And it was modified into the Gregorian calendar that we use today by another politician slash sort of religious figure so that Easter would fall in line with the first full moon after the March 21st equinox. So all of these, you know, calendar events were revolving around a religion. So when we work this sort of New Year's Day thing into our lives, you know, we create this construct around a man-made calendar. And we give all this power to the year, you know, hey, it's 2022 now, and we just entered this year, and so many people are giving power to it and hope to it. You know, 2020 and 2021 sucked for a lot of people. Um, you know, so the hopes that 2022 is just going to be this grand change is all, it's all there. Obviously, any energy you're going to add that a new year is going to bring new great things. Like I said, I'm never going to knock that against anybody, but you have to realize that the resolutions that people make, you know, the the letting go of things they are letting go of. It's important to do those things for sure, but we reserve it for a certain time of the year when in all reality, the solstice is a hugely important part of that entire equation. You know, that actually really marks the start and end of a new year for a lot of cultures. And the story of Jesus is said to have been worked into the entire story of the solstice. Um, so for, actually, first off, before I dive any deeper, I want to make sure that I don't insult anyone's belief system. I know so many people who are very much involved with the church and anything that deviates from the Bible is seen as blasphemy. And I'm an ominist. I believe in several different religions and the respect of people's beliefs across the board. And I know, just from my own perspective, the many flaws of the modern version of the Bible. I know it comes from and originates from a whole lot of universal truths. 
But what I hope most people realize by now that so much of the modern church has become very heavily influenced by Roman times and all the way up through by different popes and different politicians and people who lived hundreds, if not thousands of years after the time of Christ. So going as far as removing information from the Bible and so on has really made me question it all. Anyways, moving on, the solstice and the story of Jesus, they have very interesting parallels. You know, the Son of God, S-O-N, was born on the 25th of December, and that is what Christmas is all about. But the Son, S-U-N, was also born at that time. You know, when, when you're observing the solstice, the sun moves farther and farther south in the sky when you're in the northern hemisphere, and it reaches its farthest point in the southern sky, and it stops setting further south on the 21st. And then for the next three days, it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't move any further south. It doesn't move back north. It just takes about three days and it just sort of stalls out in the southern sky where uh, it sets. It doesn't move north or south at all. Obviously, it's it rises and sets, but it doesn't go any further north or south on the sunset until about the 24th or 25th. And that's when the S-U-N, sun, is reborn after being at its darkest for three days which is coincidentally or not how long Jesus, the S-O-N, son, was dead before he rose again. And the biggest reason that the solstice has become significant to me is the realization that the new year calendar and all the energy that people put behind it, it seems sort of skewed because it is close enough to the actual solar new year, but we seem to have purposely thrown all these other things in the way. And we have forgotten about the natural new year and what significance that might actually have. You know, the real life energetic time frame around the solstice is a whole other thing. You know, it's a time where the reduction of the photons from the sun, you know, this thing that gives so many things, everything on this planet life, including you, the reduction in its light for us on the northern hemisphere ends and the renewed energy starts to build back up again. Nikola Tesla spoke about the power of the sun on human energy a lot. I've been studying him quite a bit lately. Um, you know, the human organism is very sensitive to energy, and he recognized this. You know, that's why high-calorie foods taste so much better to us. That's why we get depressed with the lack of the sun. You know, our consciousness, it takes a lot of energy for us as human beings to operate this machine. You know, we are much more conscious than a rock and a tree and a bird and other things of lower levels of consciousness. And there are so many different levels of consciousness and we just happen to be of a higher level and we take up a huge amount of energy to sustain what we do. And Tesla knew this and he was well aware about how much an important factor that the sun was in the human physical machine. All the food that we eat and, and is created, is created from some form of sunlight, you know, whether it's animals consuming plants or the plants consuming the sun and turning it into energy. Um, you know, they have a chemical process that they, they process sunlight into food and we consume that. But we as human beings, we process that valuable sunlight as well. You know, we make vitamin D, we produce serotonin, we feel great after we spend a whole lot of time in the sun, at least most of us, um, you know, and when that sun has spent the last six months being reduced a little bit day by day, the return of that energy coming back into our world is super significant. You know, a lot of people go through um, seasonal um, depression because of the lack of sunlight. And when that energetic return happens, 
it can steamroll so many other energetic things in our lives as well. And many Eastern cultures celebrate that. You know, the um, uh, natural occurrences are something that are huge still as a tradition in Japan. They have the tradition of toji, which is a celebration of the solstice. While many of the cultures that um, we've sort of taken over in the West and the things that we've absorbed into what we observe as our modern day sort of you know holiday season was a lot of other cultures practices and, and celebrations you know the pagan traditions were uh, used by the church to actually gain more followers and a lot of what i'm talking about the worship of the the solstice and everything was a part of those you know since the church knew that if they incorporated some of these old traditions into their their modern beliefs they would get more of a following and gain a uh, sort of wider allegiance but the overall consensus is that our spiritual power is at a peak at this time for a certain purpose. It's a powerful practice to take what is there and available to us and use it as signs of, I guess, what we need to do as a spiritual being. You know, this, the, the whole, um, you think of Stonehenge, you know, somebody went through a significant amount of effort to build those monuments to mark these certain points of the sun's transit across the horizon. Why? Why did they do that? You know, there was easy ways to build calendars. Why did they go through such a huge thing? And why did they turn it into such a, a religious and spiritual practice? You know, the darkness that is prevalent during this time, you know, people say you take that darkness and you use that power as the days start getting shorter, use that time to hibernate and withdraw and repeat and rest and use it to dig deep, you know, slow down and figure out what's most important to you and a lot of spiritual practice go that way you know what's your what's deep down inside of you what should you be focusing on you know the the types of things that we can manifest what's our authentic nature and our our what's going on deep down inside you know and people use and mark this point of the year to figure that out for quite a significant amount of time before the solstice happens they sit they listen and they pay attention and focus and then when that time comes, when the sun is reborn, they use that energy to springboard themselves because they've clearly defined everything and they've built that energy back up. And then when the sun starts to come back, the things start to wake up and start growing again. And they've used that sort of energy to build and, and move things forward with a huge momentum in their lives. And I thought that concept was absolutely fascinating. So many of these concepts, though, they sound far out there when we just talk about them on the surface. But when you start to dig a little bit deeper and you think about those what ifs, that might be some of the biggest revelations that can come about in our lives is just by asking those what ifs and finding out what's behind it all. There are so many truths and traditions that we have been steered away from that go deep, deep into our history as humans. And these have direct connections to the things backed by what we're learning through science and quantum physics. You know, as we learn more about the way the universe works on the smallest ends of the scale, we learn more about how we operate and therefore we learn how we can operate within this world that we live in, you know, to cultivate the most from our lives. And I'll dive into a well-known experiment actually that confirms this concept within the quantum experiment field. Um, it was one that was involving the phantom DNA. So basically what they did was they studied the effects of photons, the small balls of light that um, 
basically a small particle of, of an actual piece of light and they put it in a vacuum. When they did that, the, the photons moved around so randomly within that vacuum at first. And uh, I'm going to try and do this the best I can from memory without pulling this up. So go research this for yourself because it's actually a very fascinating experiment. Uh, phantom DNA, I think is all you'll have to look up. But the photons were completely random in this vacuum. And then scientists introduced an actual part of a physical piece of human DNA into the vacuum. And the photons reorganized themselves in the geometric shape of the double helix of the DNA, which scientists found astounding. You know, why was the photon, why were the photons gravitating towards the DNA? So then they removed the DNA from the vacuum and the photons still organized themselves in the shape of the DNA for upwards of a week after it was removed. So our DNA directly interacts with the photons from the sun. And when you ponder that, you know, the sun directly binds and reacts to our DNA. What's the purpose of that? We still don't really know, but it's a scientific fact that it does. So when you think about all these energies about the sun and the importance of it and what it does that even just plants, that they chemically react to it. And we know the human body chemically reacts to the sunlight and lack of, you know, good and positive things can happen with the absence or uh, prevalence of the sun. It's huge to understand the importance scientifically about the energy that is behind all that. Not enough people know of these things, or if they do, they don't pay attention to it enough. And I mean, let's be honest. If public health officials cared so much about our health, like they pretend to right now at this day and age, they would mandate for us to be out in the sun for certain amounts of time throughout the day. They would mandate exercise. They'd mandate certain amounts of water and minimum sleep amounts and no alcohol and no fast food. But we don't see that. We don't even hear kids and, and college students and, and adults even. We don't hear anybody being educated on the importance of some of these very simple aspects of keeping ourselves healthy and what's good for the human body. You know, we've actually been told the complete opposite during this entire pandemic, and that should make you all pause with the people who are telling us to stay indoors, don't get direct sunlight, you know, close down the outdoor spaces where people can actually get beneficial things to their well-being, and those are all being taken away from people. Those are some of the things that first started to open up my eyes, and they do it for reasons that didn't make sense. I'm in charge of having to make sure things are safe in the jobs that I do and everything, but none of the actual precautions that were taken would outweigh the benefits of what it would have meant if we would have done things differently. So let's move on and let's say that we understand the importance of this time frame of the year. You know, really, the time frame now is the most prime time to initiate change. But I don't care if you're listening to this really a week into the new year, you know, we're already, you know, a day in. The most powerful times already a couple of weeks ago, right? But it doesn't matter, you know. Yes, maybe those times were, I guess, more potent than maybe others, not sure. But the thing is, is like, think about it this way. If you start a healthy habit six months ago, you'd be in a much different place. You'd be a whole lot further along than you are right now, right? We'll start that today. And six months from now, you'll be where you want to be. The point is, is you're at a place right now that you can still make significant shifts and change just because the solstice has already gone by or whenever you're listening to this, it might not seem relevant. It absolutely is. There's just other times where it is the most relevant, but it's not like it's not effective if you're not doing it right on the 21st. So let's talk about 
that internal self because that's the part that really needs to start shifting. That's the part of where all the power needs to be focused to make the most significant and lasting changes going into your next year and throughout the rest of your life because that internal self-image, that's what governs what comes up in your life. The reflection of what's on the inside comes up on the outside. You will project what you're feeling inside. It's going to reflect in everything that you do, your relationships, the effort that you put into everything in your life. You know, the way your brain reacts to things on default is what's going to govern the course of your life. Your job is to change that default programming if that's something you want to do. If you're not happy with the way things are in your life and you want to make a change, you've got to shift that default programming through habit. So your nervous system is going to be conditioned like a knee-jerk reaction. And I'll, I'll compare it to boxing. Whenever I've started training somebody in boxing, you know, MMA guys were, were a perfect example of this. I'd work with some MMA guys, teach them in striking, teach them in boxing. Totally two different sports, they really are. Muscle memory is a huge piece of it. And you have to condition people out of a certain way of being. And it takes a while. It takes repetition and muscle memory. You're no different in your mental habits as well. You have to condition yourself so that, like in boxing, instead of being an MMA guy and trying to shoot down at somebody's legs to tackle them or using your legs to kick somebody, you've got to fight those two instincts. Obviously in boxing, you're not going to tackle somebody. And if you go and kick them, you're probably going to be disqualified from the fight. You'd have to condition yourself out of those things and into a more disciplined, fine-tuned way of being. Like in boxing, you can only use your hands. So you'd have to condition yourself in the same ways in your normal life. Your nervous system needs to react instantaneously and that just done through repetition and discipline. And when you do that, your nervous system actually can change very quickly, you'd be surprised. And that can bring about long lasting, life changing shifts into the way that you want to be and change everything about the life you wanna live. You know, as soon as our lives get a little bit out of whack, you default back to the programming that resides deep inside you. So if you don't want to reprogram all that, then yes, you can make some resolution and you can make a couple of adjustments. But sometimes when those slips happen, you're just going to go into the old you. And that's where those New Year's resolutions fail. And people often give up at that point. The programming hasn't been changed because maybe the slips happen, but you catch them more instantaneously. And that's part of your conditioning. The people who give right up right away, that was their default conditioning kicking in. You know, use this dedicated time of the year to transform yourself and tell a whole new story about yourself. If you're the one who are the type of person who's always telling a story that you're you want to be a certain body type. You know, you you have a certain financial status. You know, you're you're not happy with your body. You're not happy with your finances. You know, you're not happy with the type of relationships, whether it's friendships or romances, you know, all those things. They have been your default. You need to redefine the self-image, all of that programming, so that your default is something completely different. So that when things start to get hectic, when they start to get overwhelming, you don't slip back to that old version. And if you do, it's only momentary because you catch yourself, you discipline yourself, and you're still in that training mode of getting that consistency. But it's prep work, really. 
and people do these types of things all the time. And I still do it constantly now. You know, I make sure that I'm in line with what's important to me and sometimes I'll slip, but as soon as I catch that, you bring yourself right back to it. Just like in meditation, you it, it takes someone who's extremely disciplined to go into meditation and not have your mind race. But it's the same kind of mental muscle that you can use to fine tune how you operate in life. As soon as your mind starts to wander, you bring it back, zero yourself out. And the same kind of discipline happens when you've made a shift in your life, you realize you're defaulting to old programs, and you get yourself back on track. For me, I use this point of the year to do a lot of deep introspection. You know, I was actually off of work for the entire sort of Christmas season, and the solstice itself was probably a day that I meditated more on any particular day than I have ever in my entire life. I used it to build a foundation for where I wanted to take my life. I meditated a ton in the morning, got a lot of clarity, did a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, and really defined where I wanted to be and where I wanted to take my life and start building the energy towards the year ahead. And then I would focus on it, do some things throughout the day, and then meditate on it all afternoon. And I've been creating by default for so long that I made a dedicated effort this year to make sure that it was going to use that, that spiritual and religious time period to merge everything that I knew about the season and myself and where I wanted to be and make some of the deepest plans that I've ever made for myself in looking at a year ahead. And I guess I was able to sort of bottle that energy up and and let it, I guess, go forward and manifest now. You know, I'd often share what my my big plans are. I usually like to take that and bottle it up and let that manifest. And I just know that I'm putting that kind of energy behind it all and letting it build and focus and getting in the right place sort of physically, energetically, spiritually, all that stuff. And when you do those kinds of things, I guess you'd be very surprised at what can come out of all of those things put together, what sort of winning combination that is. Because if you talk to some of the most successful people on the planet, a lot of these people know this stuff, they practice it, and they've been doing it for years. So if it works for them, it can work for the rest of us. You know, a lot of these things were reserved for mystery schools and, and sort of just elite circles of people, but... You know, the more that information is out there and it's shared, it's making sort of the traditions of secrecy sort of fall off. For these things that are reserved for the elites, it's now being, um, you know, spread out more to the masses. I think the, the elites had used it for so long and they've misused it for centuries to keep the masses under control. And now people are turning to more of their divine power and this is becoming a well-known thing of how to cultivate that powerful change in all of our lives. And it's an amazing thing to watch happen. You know, I've practiced this stuff and this year I'd say is a more powerful, more defined point that I've ever been in to start off a new calendar year than I've ever been in. And I know a lot of people who are in similar time frame, uh, sort of mindsets. You know, if you're not in step as far as the timing with these things it's not like it has to be done on the solstice like i said before we are so close to these time frames you can still work on it if you're listening to this you know with the first few days of the the um the new the new year get a journal define what you want to come into your life for you in the next year this whole year 2022 what do you want to see come up and what things do you feel like are missing and what things you want to have fall away that you don't want to have any part of and get a journal, get a dedicated journal for just that purpose. 
and write it every day. Write it every single day and journal it every single day. Rewrite what you want your life to look like. Keep the distractions out of the whole thing. That's one of the biggest things lately too. I'll throw this in there. Keep the distractions out. Try to stop going down the rabbit holes. You know, Keep the white rabbit from enticing you running down every single rabbit hole that comes up as a distraction. Focus on what you want to see. Focus your vision and rewrite it. Rewrite that vision in that journal every single day. And as you fine tune it, it may change a little bit from day to day, but eventually you're going to get to the same story that is the one that you just want to see manifest. And you're going to get dead set on making that a reality. And you'll be surprised that when you're focusing on that so much, how those things you give your energy to will eventually become prevalent in your life. So no better time to start than now. So I don't know about you, everybody, but I am excited about what's going to be on the year ahead. I feel like the veil is is thinning out on a lot of the things that this world has been, I guess, very misguided on over the last couple of years. And I'm not saying that anything that we've witnessed isn't real, that there hasn't been some real dangers out there. I just know there's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of fear being filled into, filled into people. And I'm not saying there's not a lot of things out there that we have to be concerned with or that, you know, people aren't having hard times and health issues, but there's a lot of sensationalism. There's a lot of fear being sold to the masses. And I feel like a lot of people are breaking free from that, waking up, and they're standing up for themselves. And I think for us to succeed, we have to shed the division. And I will say that over and over again. And I feel like us as a species are uniting against a cause and I think that's kind of backfiring in the people who were trying to do what they were doing. And by us discovering the power that we really have, that they kind of kept separate and secret from us. And we talk about the things like we've talked about in this episode today, the power that builds from those things and the power of unification that we have with each other is far beyond the power and reach and scope of what the powers that be, I guess is what you can say it is what some of those people have the capabilities of. And I'm excited to see where things are gonna go in the next year for us all. I'm very much excited to see where things are gonna go on the show. If you are interested in getting on the show, you wanna reach out to me, you can hit me up at connect at livethislife.org. I have a huge laundry list of people that I need to get back to. We've been recently featured on some podcast guest platforms and lists and stuff. And within a few weeks, I mean, I am near hundreds of responses that I've got to get back to you people. So if you are one of those people and you're waiting to hear back from me, I promise I will get on it. It's been very, very busy, very overwhelming and very flattering to have such a huge outreach of people who are looking to be on the show. So if you're one of them, if you want to hit me up, you can email me there. You can reach me at pretty much all the social media platforms and of course, always looking for those reviews. So if this podcast has reached you, please go on whatever platform you're listening on and leave us a rating review. Apple is probably one of the best places to leave that review. If you do, I will read it on the air. So please go throw those reviews out there. It helps put us above the huge sea of podcasts out there and anything that can be done to put us on the tops of the lists and get us exposed to more people is just something that helps us reach the hearts and minds of that many more people. So please, I thank you all for everything that you do and your continued listenership. So I'm going to leave you with a song from Soul Rising. This one is called Strength From Within. 
to define where you want to be in the next year and dig deep, find that strength from within and build the life of your dreams in the year ahead.